Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Everything's 5x4, a random podcast on Shuffle. I'm your host, Steve. This is actually going to be, this is the second episode. Uh, It's actually going to be the first episode where my usual format will be used. So basically what it is, where the 5x4 comes from, is there's going to be five randomly selected topics from a list of 10. Uh, that I'm going to talk about for four minutes a piece. And I've got the random number generator from random.org to pick those topics for me. All right, so the title of this episode is For Non-Jeremy. That's a reference to the British comedy Peep Show, where one character over-ordered non at an Indian restaurant uh, something that has happened to pretty much everybody who likes Indian food. You're not sure exactly what an order of naan is going to be, and sometimes you just get too much. Uh, and if four orders of naan included multiple pieces of naan in them, that would be a lot of naan. Anyway, uh, so as I said, The topics for this week are going to be randomly drawn using the random.org number generator. Um, And I'm actually going to be using it a lot uh, because there's even a couple topics where I kind of have way more than four minutes on. So I'm going to do a toss up there as well uh, and pick which thing I want to stick to within that subject area. Um, so before the randomization takes place, there's something that I want to be serious about for a minute. Um, so the news came out that, uh, Trisma Carpenter, uh, also known as Cordelia from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, she came forward with allegations of emotional abuse by Joss Whedon on the sets of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Uh, this isn't a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast, but I still wanted to bring it up. Uh, Because the name of this show is something of a homage to Buffy. uh, Because Faith regularly uses the line, everything's five by five. Uh, So given these allegations, as well as some past ones against Joss Whedon, um, who also did one of my other favorite shows, Firefly. uh, Basically, I'm going to go with what Sarah Michelle Gellar essentially obliquely said in her statement about it. That... She's proud of her work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but does not want her name attached to Joss Whedon. That seems like a good way to go about the whole death of the author theory, or in this case, death of the auteur. Anyway, um, so yeah, I just wanted to say something about that. Uh, You know, like I said, I don't want to get too heavy on social issues or politics, but, you know, believe women. That shouldn't be a political issue. Uh, If there's allegations out there, the vast majority of the time they're true. So, again, uh, take those seriously. And uh, we're going to go back to the randomness now. All right. So, what does the random number generator hold for us this week? The first number is nine. So, I'm just going to pick these. And then I'm going to tell you what they are. So, we've got nine. We've got three, we've got 10, and we've got five. Okay, so what are those topics? 
And the topics, the numbers are actually in order alphabetically. So um, trust that I am actually doing this as I should. So the nine is soccer. The three is books. The 10 is TV. And the five is music. Okay, great. So those are the topics we're going to be talking about this week. Um, and yeah, so soccer, books, TV, and music. Because I'm only talking about them for four minutes a piece, if something's really boring, feel free to skip ahead to the next segment. All right. And we're going to roll right into this with topic number nine, soccer. Okay, so real quickly, before I get into talking about soccer, I'm doing things a little bit differently this week because I'm actually recording segments individually instead of doing the whole thing live. So hopefully it'll be a little bit better than last time. I also have decided that I'm going to try to do this weekly. Sometimes it's going to be bi-weekly, but I'm going to just give it a shot as doing it weekly. So sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly. Um, just wanted to say that because I think of the first episode I talked about it being bi-weekly. Anyway, here we go with soccer. So real quickly, I'm going to tell you how I got into soccer. I studied abroad in London, and basically soccer completely dominates English sporting culture. So I decided to give it a shot. I went to a match to see Fulham, who were the local club, at Craven Cottage. And at the time, they had two great American players, Brian McBride and Carlos Bocanegra, with connections to the Chicago area. And I was just hooked. I became a Fulham supporter. Anyone who knows me from around that time will tell you that I got back and I was pretty much an insufferable Anglophile. But eventually I decided, hey, I'm rooting for a team halfway around the world. I should give the local club a chance. So I started going to Chicago fire matches. And that kind of made me realize with soccer, it is a global game. And there's teams all over the world you can root for. And I root for teams in several different countries. And there's not a conflict of interest. So that's, I think, one of the things that's beautiful about soccer. There's just so much of it at an elite level all the way down to an amateur level. And so I'm going to get into the amateur level here. So the story of Hamarshi FC starts with the story of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. The Fort Lauderdale Strikers were a second division professional club that unfortunately ownership ran into the ground and they went bankrupt in 2016. Well, some people who worked for the strikers front office at a lower level where they didn't really have control over how badly managed it was. And some people in the supporters group got together and said, Hey, our club got taken from us. We want to form a club. And that's how Hamarshi FC came into being. Hamarshi FC is a local club, uh, an amateur club, but it is fan owned. So you can actually go and buy an ownership share and you get to vote on things like kit designs, and you also get to run for the board of the club that makes the major decisions. So it's really just a great thing. 
Uh, it went from just an idea to reaching the field in less than a year and winning winning a trophy uh, just two years later. So it's really a great story. I'm glad to be part of it as a fan owner. I mention all this because I think it's important. A lot of people, including myself, sometimes get distracted by everything that's going on internationally with soccer because some of the best soccer in the world is being played in England, in Germany, in Italy, in Spain. Uh, but there's a lot going on right in our backyards. There's a lot of fan-owned teams. There's Hamarshi. There's Tallahassee Soccer Club. There's Chattanooga. Um, there's Edgewater Castle in Chicago. Uh, so there's a lot of teams you can get involved with locally or buy a share of and have some say in. Uh, there's just a lot of great clubs here in South Florida. There's Florida Soccer Soldiers, Miami United, Miami FC. Uh, and just a whole lot more where, hey, you can go out and you can see semi-pro soccer, amateur soccer, or in the case of Miami FC, uh, even second division professional soccer. So I guess what I just want to say here about soccer, I could talk about all the teams I root for in Europe, but I just wanted to say support your local club. Um, it's just a really rewarding experience. And that's it for soccer this week. Our next topic is books. And as I mentioned in the first episode, I'm a librarian. Nowadays, being a librarian, there's uh, not as much with what we do that actually involves books. Uh, there's a lot of programming. There's a lot of helping people on the computers. Uh, during the pandemic, there's a lot of mask policing, unfortunately. Uh, but it's something we have to do to keep people safe. Uh, so definitely wear a mask in public. Uh, everyone who is uh, a worker at the place you visit will be grateful. And uh, anyway, I always am happy to help patrons find books, though. Uh, so it's not as big a part of my job as you would think, but it's still an enjoyable one. So mostly I read, uh, I work in youth services. A lot of what I read is actually young adult fiction. I also read a decent amount of adult nonfiction, uh, particularly focused on sports. But I try to keep my tastes eclectic. So anyway, I just finished I'm Okay by Patty Kim, which is uh, juvenile realistic fiction, kind of for that tween age, like upper elementary, middle school. So it's basically about the struggles of an impoverished preteen, first generation Korean American whose father recently died. Uh, that the saying don't judge a book by its cover definitely fits with this one because the cover of him slipping on roller skates doesn't really fit the more serious tone of the book. It's actually a little bit uneven, but it's still, it's still a good story. It's still a good book. Um, it just kind of has its flaws, but it's definitely worth reading if you like realistic fiction. And if you're interested in an own voices portrayal of an Asian American main character, uh, which unfortunately there's not a lot of those, uh, obviously a lot of characterization of Asian people in literature, Asian American people, I should say, as well, um, delves into a lot of stereotypes. Uh, so own voices are always good. Anyway, the other the book that I'm reading now 
or more accurately listening to the audiobook, which still counts as reading in spite of uh, what some teachers will tell you. Uh, anyway, the book I'm listening to and reading is Children of Blood and Bone. It's a young adult fantasy novel by Tomi Adeyemi, who's a fellow Chicago area native. She's also the daughter of Nigerian immigrants. And I mention that because her story uh, brings a lot of real life, real world references to Nigeria into her fantasy world building. So, for instance, she mentions Yoruba which is a West African tribe, uh, language, and religion. Um, she mentions Lagos, which is the biggest city in Nigeria. She mentions Ashe. So these are all real-world references. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, the book is basically about kind of a caste system in a world where people in power kind of fear what they don't understand, which in this case is magic. So it also kind of fits into real life as well. Um, it's been optioned for a movie. I'm generally not a big fantasy reader, uh, Dark Tower and Harry Potter being exceptions, but I'm trying to broaden my horizons a bit. And I'm really enjoying it so far. And again, you have a situation there are there's not as much attention to black fantasy writers. And I think uh, some of her success is working to change that. And this book success is working to change that. And I'm really enjoying it so far. All right. That's it for books this week. So the next topic we have is TV. And I think I would be remiss not to mention probably my two favorite shows of all time. Definitely my favorite show of all time is Futurama. And one of the things I want to do is go back and rewatch the entire series. So I actually started watching it in 2005 because uh, two of my really good friends at the time were big fans and I was pretty much hooked right away. The first five seasons are pretty fantastic, the original run. The movies, which were made uh, essentially constituting a sixth season, are pretty good, as was the first season on Comedy Central. The last three seasons on Comedy Central were a mixed bag at best. So, but I want to go back and give those another chance as well. I tend to watch them in the morning when I get up. Um, they're usually on, and I always enjoy catching an episode here or there. And I also am considering rewatching Peep Show, a British comedy series, which is now available on Hulu. That might be my second favorite series. It's right up there. And as I mentioned, these episodes, the titles are all pretty much references to Futurama or Peep Show. So anyway, but what I actually wanted to talk about this week is Bridgerton. Now, Bridgerton is a Regency period drama from the Georgian era on Netflix. And that doesn't normally sound like my cup of tea, but I do enjoy... Um, watching things from that era sometimes. My mom is a huge Jane Austen fan, so I grew up uh, watching the entire British miniseries of Pride and Prejudice, um, and even as a teenage boy, I had to admit that, you know, it could be kind of compelling. So to see something like Bridgerton, which was clearly inspired by Jane Austen, uh, it's based on a book, um, 
but my wife actually watched it first and then she said you have to watch it and and yeah i sat down watched it and immediately got sucked in uh it's got shonda rhimes as the showrunner and creator of it so that's also something that that it's easy to get sucked into her shows um i don't actually regularly watch Grey's anatomy but whenever my wife is watching it I will inevitably end up sitting down and watching the entire episode with her. Um, so basically what's interesting about Bridgerton is it is a multiracial cast for the Regency period. And it brings up a lot of interesting questions about the heritage of Queen Charlotte, uh, which there's a lot of dispute among historians about whether she had African heritage or not and was just falsely portrayed as northern european uh, as exclusively northern european uh so i think that's actually interesting and bridgerton the at least the tv show i haven't read the books kind of runs with that and so i think you have um an interesting world because of that and i think maybe england at that time wasn't as multiracial a society as bridgerton portrays but it probably was a lot more so than is traditionally portrayed so I think, um, and it's a compelling story. It's a drama. There's a lot of things going on. So it's definitely, I would say, worth checking out. And that is it for TV this week. So my next topic is music. So I used to be what I would call a semi-pro music reviewer, as in I reviewed music in professional publications but wasn't actually paid for it. Lately, I've kind of fallen out of music a little bit. Even before COVID, I only have attended a handful of concerts in the last few years. But I wanted to go back and listen to some random albums I hadn't listened to in years that represented different times in my life. So I'm doing it alphabetically by artist. Each week, it's going to be a CD or a vinyl record. This week, it's a CD. And the CD this week is Under the Streets by Afro Beta. So they're my A. So Afro-Beta are a Cuban-American electro-pop duo from Miami. This is their debut album from 2011, and this album is unapologetically Miami. So before I get into that, to set the scene a bit, um, I'd lived in Miami for less than a year when I saw them at Sweatstock in 2012. Uh, Sweatstock was a concert festival sponsored by Sweat Records and Churchill's Pub, which are kind of two underground music institutions in Miami. So when I say unapologetically Miami, let me say that I have a love-hate relationship with Miami. So unapologetically Miami doesn't always mean good, but in this case it does. So anyway, getting into the album, it's really fun and enjoyable but it's also a bit muddled. Uh, there's good lyricism. It's a concept album, sort of, about a relationship, but it's not really totally straightforward. It kind of deviates from that a little bit. Uh, it has a lot of influence from dance pop, electro, EDM, synth pop, and new wave, but it doesn't quite blend them seamlessly. Uh, the songs have a lot of great hooks in them that you can sing along to, but some of them are also kind of forgettable once the song ends but there's still plenty of highlights on this album so as long as you like has a really great driving beat that sounds straight out of 
an 80s new wave song. Nighttime is kind of a Miami anthem of sorts. And I'd say Playhouse is a different sort of Miami anthem. It's a dance floor banger, yet it has the lyrics, you want to play house and make babies. What are you thinking? You must be crazy. So that kind of sounds jarring to be a song on, that you're on the dance floor to. Uh, but it kind of fits in with the early adulthood conflict of partying, growing up, or trying to balance the two. Uh, the second half of the album isn't as strong on individual songs, but it seems to have a more cohesive vibe to it that kind of fits with sort of the disintegration of a relationship. Uh, Pistol Whip isn't as catchy as I Don't Care by Pop, but it has that same sort of energy, and it came out a few years earlier. The weird thing is that the album ending with Love is Magic, which is kind of a little giddy pop tune that isn't bad per se, but just feels like it was almost put on the album by mistake. Doesn't fit in at all. I would say this album's between three and three and a half stars. It's worth a listen and particularly good for a party or an energy boost on a drive, but it doesn't quite reach the heights it could. Uh, Still something different that I'm glad I went back and revisited. All right, and that does it for music this week, and I'll keep going through the alphabet. So when I was doing the randomizing at the beginning, I actually only put four subjects. And this isn't four by four, this is five by four. So I'm going to take a moment here to randomize, uh, use the random number generator one more time and see what comes up. Okay, and it looks like we've got number four, and number four is movies. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Okay, so I'm going to start movies by making a confession. I am not as prepared for the movie segment as I am with some of the other segments. So you're going to have to bear with me as I roll into it. So I've decided for future movie segments, what I'm going to do is alternate between watching one of the four Star Trek The Next Generation films and a film from college, which was kind of seminal in my worldview at that time. As I mentioned, I believe in the first episode, when I went to college, we had a really great indie cinema called Ragtag, and I saw a lot of indie films, a lot of foreign films, um, which shaped me in a way. And I'm going to go back and look at some of them and see how well they hold up, at least in my personal opinion, because that's really all it is. Uh, There's some stuff from college that doesn't hold up as well particularly uh, my old journal entries and some of the things I said and did back then kind of make me cringe now being in my late 30s anyway uh, but going back to Star Trek The Next Generation that's a TV show rather than a movie (laughs) but basically I grew up on Star Trek The Next Generation I watched it with my sister and dad uh first it was kind of old episodes that were syndicated but eventually we caught up and started watching new episodes and it was in regular rotation in my household it was actually in such regular rotation in my household 
that my best man actually referenced it in his speech at my wedding. So, uh, yeah, the show was a big part of my youth. And the films actually were a really big part of my adolescence as well. The first one came out when I was 11. And the fourth and final one, based on Star Trek The Next Generation, came out when I was 19. So those are just two very different stages in my life. And I think the lives of most people, when you look at where you are at 11 and where you are at 19. So I definitely want to go back and take a look at those. Right now, there were a few of them I've I've watched a few times since. For instance, First Contact has been my favorite of that group, so I've watched that several times. Um, but maybe when I go back and watch them, it won't hold up as well compared to the others, or I might end up thinking one of the others is better. Uh, it's the benefit of hindsight. And it's the same deal with some of those films that were influential on me in college. Uh, films like Donnie Darko, Hedwig and the Angry Inch or two I can think of off the top of my head that I really loved back then and I'd like to take another look at because I haven't watched them in a long time. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and that's what future episodes are going to be like for the movie segment. And I think this is actually going to be the shortest segment of the show. Uh, so that's it for movies, and next time I will have a review of one of those movies I watched. And there you have it. Five topics in four minutes or less. This has been Steve with another episode of Everything's 5x4, a random podcast on Shuffle. Thank you again for listening. Uh, one thing I'd like to mention that I forgot to uh, shout out when I was talking about soccer, I'd also like to mention the fan-owned club Palm Beach Breakers FC run by my, my friend Christian. Um, yeah, definitely would be remiss not to mention that. Uh, but thank you again for listening uh, wherever you are. I'm guessing you're probably one of my friends or family if you're listening, though, to be honest. But this podcast is going to be distributed a bit further. Uh, so eventually you will be able to hear it wherever podcasts are heard. Um, and if you liked it, if you hated it, feel free to reach out to me. My email is everythings 5 by 4 at gmail.com. And that's everythings without an apostrophe, 5x4 at gmail.com. Again, everythings, no apostrophe. 5x4 at gmail.com. So thank you very much for listening. And I will see you in a week or two. And in the meantime, keep everything 5x4. Bye.